Go to audible.com for your free audiobook download. You know, Scott. Yes, Randy Orton? I think that's I, I sorry, I, I waited for you to say more. I'm I'm a, such a keen listener because I love Audible so much, so I'm 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 keen to listen. Wait a minute. Audible makes you a good listener. Listener? Li- yeah. No, uh, Randy Orton, Audible makes me a great listener. Scott, I <laughs> love listening. Do you? you I <laughs> love listening. You listen I <laughs> love sound you tend to listen a lot while you speak i love well randy the great part is you can get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network i <laughs> love it well good because it's free you get a free audiobook so there's over a hundred thousand titles to choose from over uh-oh uh <laughs> Uh, don't don't number all. Dr- d- <laughs> fast. Yeah, yep. Hundred thousand. I yep. Oh, love it. That's great. You can listen to them on the road with all your buddies. You can listen to it on your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, or your MP3 player. Thanks, curtain jerks. You're welcome, Randy. Thanks, <laughs> Jesus. Curtain jerks. You're welcome. everybody and welcome to the Curtain Jerks Comedy Wrestling Podcast on the Comedy Podcast <laughs> Network. Scott Narver is on assignment. I'm Steve Sears. I'm Mark Warzeka. And welcome. We're uh, comedians living in Los Angeles telling great jokes and going over wrestling and I'm going to be emceeing today. I'm, uh, I'm, I feel new. I feel new at this. Every time I do it, I feel a little ramshackle. <laughs> hey, let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. We'll call it in the ring, brother. Yeah, we'll call it in the ring. We'll call it in the ring. Uh, start us off. Uh, we were just talking about this before the podcast. Hey. How long is Raw, Mark? Three hours. Yeah. Is that too long or just right? It feels it feels too long. Wait, can I ask a question first, though? Yeah, please. What, what assignment is Scott Narver on? Uh, ordinarily, I just say on assignment, and then I try to think of something very clever. <laughs> uh, he's in Toronto right now. I think he's going to a wrestling show on Saturday. Oh, he's probably scouting uh, sites for the next possible Toronto WrestleMania show. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Right? I think he's actually he's a, very, he's a good authority. On that for yeah. Wrestle, for WrestleMania for WWE, or they, he's taking the WrestleMania nostalgia tour in Toronto. Either way, lots of cachet. WrestleMania six was there, big one, Sky Dome. Was it? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. You are you're educating Dude. me. WrestleMania six was there, Warrior Hogan. Okay. And then WrestleMania, um, I think it's either I think it's seventeen or eighteen. The Rock Hogan. The famous Rock Hogan uh, WrestleMania. Scott mentioned that. Scott mentioned was that, also there. That he was actually he went to that WrestleMania Rock Hogan. He did. Yeah, he said it was awesome. Well, that's an assignment. Yeah. Oh, actually, not only that, he showed. We watched the pay per view together, and he's in the like he's in the audience. So <laughs> what do you, we could see him. Yeah. So like, if, I think if you're watching, I can't remember what match it is, but he shows up like maybe five times throughout the pay per view. So if you look at the logo for Curtain Jerks and you see 
Like, so there's a picture of me with the beard. Yeah. And then there's a picture of Scott clean shaven. I'm now clean shaven and Scott ha- is growing a beard. <laughs> but and then he this is like maybe 20 year old or 19 year old Scott. So I he's guess. wearing some wrestling T-shirt. He's like skinny fat. He's like he's very tall and he's got a lot of like life in his face. Yeah. And he's got a big beard and he's got like Mick Foley hair. He's got like straightened Mick Foley hair and he's wearing a Cactus Jack t-shirt. I think he needs to put some pictures of this up on the Facebook. I think we're going to start doing image captures from pay-per-views. Like he is in Scott Narver is in so many pay-per-views. I'm blown away by yeah, it. It's like at, at the WrestleMania 6 uh pay-per-view they always show that uh they always show that clip of Edge who was in the audience during the Hogan Oh Warrior. yeah, yeah. You know, they grab that screenshot or Mick Foley was in the audience at the Jimmy Snuka Madison Square Garden moment they always show that clip a lot of people don't know this but when they do the WWE like logo and they show that super wide shot of that one guy jumping up in the air and sticking both hands in the air and you just see him in outline yeah Kevin Spacey (laughs) not a lot of not he's multi-talented. Yeah, he's an incredible actor. <laughs> Consenting adults. Uh, Anyways, we were saying Raw. Yeah, Raw is incredibly long. Uh, I actually it took me. It takes me two nights to watch Raw now. Ordinarily, <laughs> I pretend yeah. to watch it right before the show, uh, this show. But it's actually like last this week I tried to do it in in one sitting and I couldn't do it. Yeah, I had to do it in two sittings. I watched SmackDown on Friday and I was I was home and watched it uh, in real time straight through, which I I haven't done in a long time. I think there's something exciting about that because even though SmackDown's taped, if you when you watch it on air, it feels like it's live. Yeah, and I didn't read the results either, so I didn't know what was going to happen. No, oh, that's exciting. It was fun, and the SmackDown show was fantastic. And um, that's because it's Friday. It's Friday night. Friday night. The mood is right. If you're ready to get smacked down tonight. Um, I think that's the theme. That's how the theme song goes, right? I'm pretty sure. Yep. You don't hear it over. What is the SmackDown theme song right now? It was it was new because I've never sat and actually watched it. If I'm watching SmackDown, I'm usually fast forwarding through the theme song. So it was new to me and I don't remember what it was except for that I knew. I've never heard this one before. I th- I like it's Friday night. The feeling's right. I hope you're ready to get SmackDown it's tonight. A, the SmackDown song is always just some generic rock, like, well, they, Amer- they, they had a, I like that. I like that's a little how, bit of hockey talk. Goes. I think that sounds good. They did Marilyn Manson for a while, and I remember thinking, oh, yeah. whoa, this is weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that sweet UPN money. They really got something to, to work on. There. But when I watch it now, or when I watch Impact in real time, I'll be like, oh, this show is so refreshing that it's so short. It's two hours long. Yeah, it's once you get started, and then it gets to a climax, and you're like, "Oh, good, no middling like middle part, no sort of drop in energy. They yeah. just build ramp, 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 ramp." Yeah, but this raw is a killer, and it's not even three hours. It's more than three hours. Is it going over? It always goes over at least five minutes, sometimes longer. I remember. Uh, I think it still clocks in at like a smooth ninety minutes. If yeah. you cut out commercials. <laughs> so even though it's three hours, it's only 90 minutes content. However, yeah, right. the first, now the way it's three hours, they have to fill up that time. You were saying, you're t- looking at 20-minute promos. Well, you know, they've always had these. I think that the three hours causes them to fill with stuff that just isn't that interesting. Like, And one of the things is these promos. They've always done really long promos, you know, in-ring promos. But um, I feel like they're worse than ever now. This this past week's Raw probably opened with an 18, 20-minute promo. That's the, almost the length of a sitcom. Uh, that's the length of an unfunny, like, dramatic sitcom about people beating each other up without getting to see anybody get beaten up. Yeah, a sitcom without commercials 
and taking out the credits is around 20 minutes long of content, of actual content, roughly 20 minutes long. It's interesting that they don't ever cut to commercial during those promos. <laughs> it's like, well, Triple H is talking. We'll, uh, we'll see what he has to say next. And the other thing is that drives me nuts about these promos is like, you know, like out here in the, in the, we're in LA, we're in the entertainment industry and any kind of writing you're doing out here, if you're writing for film, if you're writing for TV or whatever, stand up, anything. It's always like, how do you tighten it up? Consolidate your time. Consolidate your time. Yeah. In, tighten, polish, tighten, polish. In every other form of the entertainment industry, it's like, how do we get this tighter? How do we condense it? How do we accomplish what we want to accomplish in less time? Find the message, clarify it, and make it as sharp and as direct as possible. Yeah. But their mission, especially since the three-hour Raws, is like the complete opposite of that. It's like... God damn Go we... out there, find your message while you're talking. Yeah. yeah. Like, go out there for 20 minutes to say what you got to say, and they could say what they got to say in five minutes. That's true, but they've got to tell a story. They've got to do backstory. I feel like so much of it is when you try to put – when you put narration – they already have narration because you've got your commentators. Right. So when you have someone doing direct to-camera narration with yeah. your Triple H doing like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's good for business. Yeah. And that was said over a hundred times on Raw also. If I ran TNA, I would try to do things to distinguish myself and make myself look different and an alternative to WWE. And one of the things I would do immediately is eliminate all in-ring promos. From TNA? Yes. Just make yourself look different. Don't have anybody do an in-ring promo anymore. What would your alternative be? Skywriting? Come up with an interview center area. You know, like, they kind of have that anyways and do everything back there. Or somewhere else in the arena, but not in the ring. I always liked the sort of old NWA style where you'd have the wrestler being interviewed and you you could hear kids just off camera sort of yelling at the wrestlers and they're like in front of a blue curtain. Yeah, remember that stuff? Yeah, 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 I yeah. Like that. stuff like that. And there's always something interesting about these guys talking just terrible trash and ready to go out and party and like kick some serious ass, but then you have all these kids in the studio because it's Saturday afternoon. Wasn't, like, wasn't like that part, juxtaposition. Wasn't part of like the whole art of like a wrestling promo throughout all of history until this modern era that like you got to go out there and sell tickets and you've got two minutes to do it. Yeah. Part of the whole art of a great promo was like, you only have this much time, dude, go out there and hock it. You've not only do you have to fire up the audience, but you've got to get them to buy the pay-per-view or to buy more tickets for the next week. And you've only got this amount of time because we've got to get out of this arena before 10 o'clock. Cause at 10 o'clock they're cleaning it. Yeah. If we're here. We have to clean it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, yeah, Raw's too goddamn long is the moral of the story. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Speaking of shows being too long, I tried to watch Impact before the show. Another failure on my part is uh, all of, a lot of my stuff that I was going to say about Impact today was based on me watching the show. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't watch it. Why? Turned on the DVR, and uh, I couldn't figure out how to use the DVR. What? I'm like fucking Larry David when it comes to social interaction, but a social interaction being a DVR. What Scott, do you mean you can't figure out how to – don't you work at all the rest of the time? Using I know. DVR? I don't know what happened. I turned on Impact, and I watched 10 minutes of Bellator Fight Night or whatever it is on Spike TV. Yeah? And it was incredible. It was so awesome. I didn't know – I didn't recognize any of the guys. There's, yeah. a, there's like a skinny Dana White who's uh, doing the emceeing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Randy Couture was Randy Couture was there. Yes, uh, you recognized him. I recognized him. Yeah. There was another guy who has sort of a bit of a pug nose, and he's got blonde hair, and he's uh, Diesel. He's got Diesel tattooed. That's on his pug nose Diesel. Pug nose Diesel. Yep. 
Uh, there's another guy who's got frizzy hair. He yep. looks like Miss Frizzle from uh, the Magic School Bus. That's Frizzle School Bus. Frizzle School Bus. Okay. And then uh, there's a guy who looks like Vaz from mm-hmm. Far Cry 3. He's uh-huh. got the slicked back mohawk hair. That's John Smith. John Smith. Okay. Yep. And then another guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, but it was like, this is their... Quentin Jackson? Yeah, it was Quentin G. <laughs> Quentin Jackson. Uh, and they were just, they were doing their main event. Like, they were doing, it was, they had two more matches left, and whoever... Uh, and it was so good, somehow it erased in your mind the memory of how to operate the VCR from that well, the DVD. Yeah, because play, I was VCR. using a VCR. That was my first problem. <laughs> was it VCR? So I was watching it, and these guys sort of, it showed like a quick recap. It was yeah. the beginning of Bellator. And then I realized what had happened was I was watching the last, the 15-minute overflow that we set for Impact. Oh. Because Raw's so long now, and it always goes over, we right. have a 15-minute overflow. So I right. watched 15 minutes of Bellator, not realizing why I couldn't find Impact. Yeah. And it was incredible. It was really cool. Are you sure it doesn't have anything to do with this empty Coors Light cans that are sitting on the table next to me right here? I thought I picked up the rest of those. I don't know why I left that one there. Could these be connected to your memory loss in any way? I don't drink so much. But when I do... I drink Coors Light. <laughs> the silver bullet, buddy. The silver bullet. Yeah, I, uh, and then I – so I deleted that because I thought we recorded Bellator, and I ended up deleting Impact. Can I just say on this, on this Coors Light can, it says, the silver bullet, the world's most refreshing can. The can itself is somehow refreshing. Well, let me take a look at this. One, this a Coors Light can is thinner than most beers, yep. like if you think at it. And it yep. does look like a shell casing. It's close to a Red Bull can. Yeah, they're getting thinner and thinner. And it's not like they're making Coors Light any better. <laughs> like if they were making less Coors Light and because the batches were getting better, I'd completely understand. Uh, they, they keep showing that Miller Light commercial on TV where they pop someone pops a hole in the top with a key. Yeah, and then it makes it all it, just pours out. Yeah, and then they for some reason then they replug the they plug it with their thumb so it yeah. like makes a huge fucking mess. Yeah, I don't understand the, that. Well, those commercials gross me out. The Wheeler lights like pouring. It reminds me of, of urination. Yeah, that's. I think that's they're trying the to make is. us think about taking a good piss, aren't they? Yeah, you know, but that'd be so. Like, the worst thing about drinking is having to take a good piss. And I, I use quotations around a good piss. The only reason it's relaxing and relieving is because you're getting it the fuck over with. Everything leading up to that is, like, the tension of building pressure inside of you, having to go to the bathroom, uh, not sure if you're peeing in a trough or a sink, uh, if you're at some sort of music festival. So, but you wanted to watch Impact. I wanted to. I wanted to be – I, Mark – I wanted to be informed for today's show right. so that we could talk about Impact because I know you watch Impact. I keep up with it, yeah. Yeah. So what's going on in Impact? Uh, you know, Aces and Eights storyline's been going on for fucking ever. What, what's, what's your verdict on that? You don't like that? No, no. I thought it was interesting very early on. And when I say very early on, I mean like a year you ago. You mean like week week three? It was interesting very early on. It got it got good at moments, like when Bully Ray won the title and turned and revealed himself. He was great in that moment, and the, the you know that angle I thought paid off pretty nicely. But overall, it sucks. They're a weak group of heels. WWE right now, I think, is doing a great job of what you got to do with a new heel faction. Heel factions got to have heat heel factions got to beat the crap out of the baby faces they've got to be villainous and awful and you got to be wanting to see those baby faces get their revenge i agree i always Aces and eights always got their asses kicked i always wonder where jinder mahal puts his turban during his matches because he's kicking so much ass 
<laughs> so anyways, no, I think aces and eights are dull at this point and suck. And ratings have been slowly going down on that show. And they don't they don't switch anything up with so this you, major angle. So they don't know how to recapture the heat they originally had with aces. It just does, shouldn't last this long. It's true. I think uh, a lot of people sort of I, – Scott said this a lot, and I sort of I, – I think I can understand the criticism of taking away the masks from Aces and Eights. Yeah. And I think that's sort of interesting because you you have a lot of guys who want to make a name for themselves, so that's why the masks are coming off. And any anybody who defects from Aces and Eights at this point is now a breakout star, no matter what. Like, it's sort of – Hypothetically. Yeah, but I think it's – you're if they keep going and it becomes NWO B team, then, yeah. then you've got a real problem. And uh, what else is going on? AJ Styles is, you know, uh, kind of, uh, I guess, broken out of his sad AJ character. That's uh, that's a recent development. So is he now? What's like? Is he now exciting? He's like, is he like prophetic? Or <laughs> he's like bitter. I don't know what he is. He's like bitter, angry. He's not, he's not melancholy anymore. He's like bitter, angry AJ. So did he switch to a red leather jacket to show his passion? No, he's wearing all the depressed clothes still, all the black and white sad stuff. God, that's <laughs> that that promo of him just not getting it and like driving home, driving home on his motorcycle and then driving off. Nothing yeah. was ever explained, right? Uh, what do you mean? They explained it. What? The, why he was so unhappy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They explained it. What did they explain? Well, that. He just was unhappy. That <laughs> 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 he'd been treated so badly by the company that he felt like that the whole the, the whole um, Claire Lynch thing and uh -huh. no one tr trusted him and Dixie didn't trust him and he'd been the face of the company for so long and been loyal and then everybody screwed him over and he was bitter about it. All right. That was why they, how they kind of explained it. Hey, I've, can I play you something? Yeah. <laughs> did you hear that? Well, I heard it, yeah. I don't know if the listeners did. <laughs> yeah, so if that goes through, that goes through. Uh, the WWE 2K14 roundtable came up a couple weeks ago, and Ric Flair was forcibly removed from the panel. I believe he was asked to leave by WWE management and producers at the event. Uh, we didn't talk about this at all. So I figured now that we're here, Mark, you've watched the entire roundtable. I watched pieces of it. Uh, we might have played an audio clip if the listeners heard it. If not... I thought that audio clip was awesome. JR sounded wasted. In the actual show itself, we should say, they did not remove Ric Flair within the body of the round table. I don't know what happened after it ended. I know Stephanie McMahon came out and like apologized for the whole thing. Jim Ross was clearly drunk. That's great. I think that's incredible. From the jump, from the get-go, he comes out by himself to introduce this thing and set it up and explain it, and he's wasted. Also... He's got to introduce, like, eight guys, and he's drunk. Because, like, on this round table was, like, Mick Foley, Ric Flair, Rey Mysterio, who who I don't think ever spoke, Daniel uh, Bryan. Dolph Ziggler, Steve Dolph Austin, Ziggler, and Steve, Paul Heyman. Austin and Paul Heyman. So, first of all, it's too many people. Yeah. They've only got, like, an hour and a half or whatever this thing. Jim Ross comes out wasted. I don't think he gets everyone introduced until about 25 minutes into this. Really? Yeah, because, A, he's drunk, and, B, there's too many people. So he's he's just wasted trying to introduce everybody. So and then Flair is clearly drunk as well. I don't know if anybody else was drunk. Maybe Austin. It's well, tough to tell with Austin. He's got a good he's got a good game face. He always sounds like he's roaring. Yeah. So I think that's that's why I always assume he's had a few beers. He may not be drunk. 
Honestly, I think, why would you not be drunk at this panel if you're <laughs> JR and Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. is there and Ric Flair is there? Yeah. And you've got Paul Heyman. And then you've got Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler like, we can't get in trouble, guys. Please. They're hanging out all weekend. Yeah. It's we don't Summer have, Slam we weekend. We don't have legend contracts yet, please. <laughs> it was SummerSlam weekend. They're all hanging out. They're all having a good time. They all get. They all have some drinks and go out and do this. They're probably thinking, who gives a shit about this panel discussion? Yeah. Get a little lit and go out and do the, and talk and shoot the shit out there. Yeah, let's talk like friends. And apparently, <laughs> WWE management really had a big beef with that. Well, Flair said, I'm trying to think off the top of my head the stuff Flair said. He referenced TNA. He talked about his match with Mick Foley there. He talked about how John Cena never used to drink, and now John Cena, he got John Cena drinking, and now John Cena can drink a case of beer by himself on a five-hour road trip. Yeah, of course. I don't, <laughs> that's uh, that's carbohydrates. He needs that. His body needs that nourishment. <laughs> he, I mean, he was just like, you know, just he, he wasn't the model corporate citizen, let's say. Well, I wonder if uh, anytime you put Ric Flair in a situation where there's a black backdrop and there's comfortable chairs, he probably immediately assumes it's one of those wrestling round tables. And it's like, so are we shooting? All right, <laughs> let's shoot. <laughs> but, you know, um, the thing that is and then I guess afterwards, Stephanie McMahon came out. They don't this isn't in the footage, but that Stephanie McMahon came out and apologized. And WWE was extremely upset about how the whole thing went. But it's, it's really wild to watch WWE be this, like, corporatized, PG, you know, public, um, you know, public, what am I trying to think of? They went, you know, they're not I mean, a public, or, yeah, a, a, a tradable company. Yeah, on the yeah, stock right? Like, because now um, it, it's not, it, it's wild to watch all these old school territory carny outlaw wrestlers have to be corporate. With also, that's what they were being asked to do. But also in that buildup, like that sort of carny sort of atmosphere with forays into Texas death matches and like crimson masks <laughs> and, you know, hell in the cell matches. And even though they're not people aren't blading anymore, they're still, you know, hitting each other with kendo sticks and crushing people's skulls with steel chairs and uh, tape. Uh, no, they don't have steel tables, do they? Uh, steel steps. <laughs> one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> if ECW had continued, they weren't far off from it. But, but you know, it reminds me a little bit of that old Austin McMahon, you know, angle where Austin, where McMahon was trying to corporatize Stone Cold Steve Austin in the storyline. You know, that, that that famous angle where he tried to make Austin wear the suit and tie. You can't dress the way you dress anymore. You got to be the corporate face of the company. Yeah. And they're kind of doing that now with Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan, of course. But it's like they are doing that in real life. And they're, but it's also <laughs> they're it's, doing that in real life to these guys. I think the storyline is also sort of bleeds in that. Also, just the term "good for business" is literally what they're like. They're that's what's painted on the front of their business locomotive. You know, it's like what's good for business. Okay, nothing threatening. Okay, let's go. Yeah, you know. And so the idea where they have something where a bunch of people have fun, and this is what wrestling fans would eat up. And WWE uh, 2K, you were saying, was eating it up. That's they what, love this what, sort of promotion. That's what I hear. Yeah. And so they're sort of they they seem to be getting in the way of themselves. Like the things that get fans excited, which may not have the which may not be sustainable forever, but are good in small doses. Even then, they're like no. You can't, uh, no blood, no blood. It's a corporate pro wrestling company, a corporate PG professional wrestling company, which sounds like a oxymoron. That sounds like a space station full of ducks. It's just like, what the fuck for? Uh, it's 2013, Mark. That is, the fact that you said that is very strange to me, but it's appropriate. It's a corporate wrestling company in the PG era with yeah. a PG rating. Yeah. 
They got to have John Cena on the Fruity Pebbles commercials, right? Uh, so a... speaking of John Cena, mm. he's out of the picture. Yeah. He's super bummed because he hurt his arm up. He hurt his arm. Yeah. He hurt his arm real He bad. has the cartoonish uh, largest cast of all time on his arm. Really? I haven't seen You that. didn't see the picture of him with – No. Dude, is, it, is, is it? Does he have it up to the side? Yeah. Like, it's like the, he's always about to punch somebody? It's the most ridiculous cast you've ever seen in your life. It's like ten times bigger than anything you've ever seen. Really? Yeah. I, I got to check this out. <laughs> we'll post this on the Facebook as John Cena's giant uh, – cast that has uh, some wrestler inside it. Some clever joke insert here. Uh, but speaking of uh, John Cena being out of the picture, who are the faces right now? Who's picking up the slack? Daniel Bryan, first and foremost. Yeah, they've really put him through the ringer lately. They're trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely, you know, and you know, Cena did the right thing because I guess it, you know, he was injured and really shouldn't have been wrestling still. And he said, I'm going to stick around on SummerSlam. I'm going to put Daniel Bryan over clean. So that he can he can kind of carry things while I'm gone, which is um, it's certainly happening. It's I mean, certainly happening, and it's very um, it's very good of him to do, and uh, it's good for he's good for business. It's self he's sacrificing yeah. really because he could he could have just protected his spot and been like, hey, I'm hurt. Good luck, guys. Or gone take, home. Taking taking the belt with him and have it draped over that giant cast. <laughs> I Tuck can't it in compete. There. Yeah. <laughs> gone home. Daniel Bryan wouldn't have got that big victory at SummerSlam to help launch him. And so, you know, Cena did right by those guys. He did. You know who doesn't seem to be doing right, in my mm-hmm. mind? Uh, big Show. What, yeah, well, he's in a tough position, man. He's having a really tough time. I he's feel just, like he's, he's crying just, every week. He's, he's just a, been blubbering for weeks. Yeah, it's like... It's like Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are bullying him. Right. Well, speaking of which, we have audio from Raw the other night. Oh, yeah. And so I was I wanted to play some of this. It mm-hmm. seems like they didn't go exactly into a dark match, but Big Show sort of stuck around with Triple H out in the ring for a little bit longer. Okay, so you're right. Let's play this and see, uh, see what we can find about it. Good job, Big Show. You're, that's a real good job. Hey, hey, come here. Come here. No, 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 no. Big Show. No, 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 no. Well, hey, listen. Well, big Show, listen. Hey, listen to me, Big Show. Hey, hey, calm down, Big Show. Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a breath. Just take a big breath. Just a big breath. There you go. There you go. All right, Big Show. All right, now I want you to take this fly swatter. Hey, hey, it's all right. It's okay. No, Big Show, it's all right. Hey, hey, you know, Big Show, it's all right. It's okay, okay? Daniel Bryan's in the ring. The Shield's going to take care of him. You... No! Hey, 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 Big Show, Big Show. No, why? Just take this fly swatter, and I want you to hit Daniel Bryan with it. You hit that, you hit Daniel Bryan with that play. Son of a bitch. All right, Big Show. All right, you Big son Show. Son of a bitch. Big Show, don't, don't make me get my wife out here, okay? <laughs> don't make me get Stephanie out here. So you don't listen to I get Stephanie out here. Then you're going to do exactly what she said. Oh, we used to be best friends, me and Stephanie, when she was little. And I was her big giant mentor. You know, I was always curious about that. What did you teach her? What did you teach her? I just thought to... You'd be good to everyone, and then never, never punch anyone in the face that you really like. You know, Big Show, 
You know what you just did, right? <laughs> you just punched Daniel Bryan in the face. No! Alright, okay, you know God, what? God, I hate you. Oh, I hate you, you son of a bitch. What do you. Oh, what do you I hate you. You just keep you just keep laying over the side of the ring apron. You're not even coming close to me. For hating me so much, you could have punched me in the face. Paul, Paul, you bastard, Paul. Are you, are you talking to me or are you talking to yourself, Big Show? Both. You are hating it's yourself both. right now. You are hating yourself right now. All right, okay, okay, okay. Big Show, Big Show, take this slice water. And make Daniel Bryan lick it. No! I don't want to do it, Daniel. I don't want to have to do it, Daniel. I don't want to have to do it. Just leave. Don't make me do it, Daniel. It's good for business. Oh, Paul. You're a giant. You're a giant, Big Show, and your big body's not going to be able to make it through the year. You know, you think you're going to make it through the year? Paul, I'm going to Stephanie said it, not me, but I'm saying it now. You've got a big body, and you're not going to survive. You're going to die, Big Show. I'm going to die. Next week on Raw, we're going to kill your giant heart. I'm going to die any second. And then you got to take care of your family. You gotta take care of your family. Oh. Now make Daniel Bryan lick this But I've water. made billions of dollars. I've made millions of dollars in this industry. Where'd you keep it? Underneath your giant mattress? Oh, I spent it all on giant toys. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Hey, hey, uh, you know what, Big Show? Big Show, uh, Big Show. Hey. I spent it all at the big and tall store. I'm so stupid. Now I have to be. Now I have to lick a fly sweater with Daniel no, Bryan. Big Show, stop. What? That's for Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, what? stop licking the fly sweater. Oh, 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 Daniel Bryan, I'll do it for you, Daniel. All <laughs> <laughs> there's leftover fly parts on this fly sweater. <laughs> and the uh, the tape ends right there. Wow. You know, I'm always excited about dark matches on Raw, and I feel yeah. like that's something I would have liked to see. Even though I saw uh, you describe that it happened on SmackDown, and then it also happened last week on Raw, and maybe, it just happened on this Raw. Maybe they'll put it on the WWE app or something. I hope so. I think they should start doing dark matches on the WWE app. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Raw, I also noticed that the beginning of Raw this week was exactly the same as last week. Triple H in the ring, talking about what's good for business. What's good for bit? People are taking him too seriously, though. I, I mean, for real. Like, I'm looking on the internet and wrestling, you know, the message boards and stuff. This, you know, I don't know. Some of the some of the fans today, I just don't get. Like, they were. I feel like they don't get storytelling. There's so many things that have been go- that are they're doing in wrestling now that they haven't done since the Attitude Era, and the new fans don't get it. So they're just sort of concerned with the with the negative, even though they're sort of getting back to the reclaimed glory. They don't get that they're playing characters. Like they're like, man, Triple H was out there saying Doink the Clown was a bit was a was a was a big popular star. No, he wasn't. We know he wasn't. You morons. He's a heel. Triple H is a heel saying heel things. Yeah, he's trying to rip on Daniel Bryan, compare him to a clown. You're supposed to. Look, they're working. You are heated. I, I mean, I can't believe. Look, I can't believe how dumb some some of these wrestling fans are about and I, about about. They're mad that Daniel Bryan didn't get a long title reign after SummerSlam. Oh, that he, his moment at SummerSlam. You was guys, ri- they ripped off Daniel Bryan. They took away his moment. 
It's a story. It, that's the story. We got to get Randy Orton over as a heel. It's Brian, Daniel Bryan, the underdog story. It's fantastic storytelling. They're working you. I think what's sort of interesting about it is we go back and forth about this, which is this idea that it's a sports team that you can you can change the outcome of the match. Mm. So by rooting not just for the character, you're also rooting for the athlete. Right. So Daniel Bryan, the guy, and then there's Daniel Bryan, the wrestler. Right. And so where there's a sort of ownership that the viewers have where it's like, we want the guy, Daniel Bryan, to right. really be rewarded for his hard work and to have a good time. <laughs> but the character of Daniel Bryan, the wrestler of Daniel Bryan, you do want to see him go through this cool quest. And so it's funny when they overshadow each other. It's like, oh, man, I can't believe Denzel Washington had to go through all that terrible stuff in flight. Right. Look, he's going, Daniel Bryan is going to win in the end and be a bigger star as a result of all this. He's already a bigger star than he was before SummerSlam uh-huh. because of this angle. I'm sorry I called some wrestling fans dumb. I'm only talking to the people who are not getting what WWE is doing here right hey, now. Hey, they, they don't listen to this podcast. Everybody who listens to this podcast is, is right on board. Amen. I assume. I'm sorry I got so riled up, Steve. No. I'm just I, keeping it real. <laughs> you know what? That's the one thing this podcast has been lacking is keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. Keeping it real. Uh, there was a segment I wanted to do last week, uh, which I didn't get a chance to do. Why Why not? Uh, just, you know. The- Narver didn't let you? <laughs> yes. He doesn't let me do anything. So as soon as Narver's gone, you're slipping in this segment that he wasn't yeah, going to let you do. Yeah, slipping in this segment, okay. which is called uh, Ask Scott. In which I will ask Scott various questions about wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Well, hey, okay. So, do you mind if I start? Yeah. Do I? Am I Scott? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) If you could fill in for Scott, I'd really appreciate it. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, So I understand at one point there's a quote out there about wrestling that uh, I think Triple H said it that it's. Uh, a man doesn't make the title, or the title doesn't make the man. Which one? Which what? What is it? Is it that the title makes the man, or is the man makes the title in terms of the wrestler? Well, um, I could tell you. Uh, I'm Scott, right? <laughs> you don't have to emulate him, but if you oh, want to give it, a- I was trying to do a Scott impression. Okay. And imagine that I'm in Toronto right now. Oh, is you do it with a Toronto question. accent? Because I think Scott would start something like, "Well, um, <laughs> he would do. I mean, if you do some of that annoyance theater stuff." To, to start it off. Well, um, you know, um, <laughs> making him sound like he's baking or something. Um, I, um, the title, the man should make the title. Okay. So you can't just put the title on somebody and then assume to elevate them to greatness. They I have think to be that's, sort of on the way. I think that's not the ideal. I think you've got to build the guy up and make him worthy of the, uh, title. Okay. I mentioned this. Yeah. Because the new belt is literally made out of the logos of who, whichever superstar is wearing it. Right. Well, they put their own individual things on the, the sides. Plates. Yeah, the, the plates. Yeah, the plates. The plates. The plates. So the Rock had the uh, the the Brahma Bull. The Brahma Bull. Yeah. Cena had whatever he had. I think a fucking you can't see okay, me a low. hand signal of like of like okay. Yeah. And <laughs> then uh, Randy Orton has the Vipers. Yeah. <laughs> this I think is interesting because it's the man making the belt. Uh, I should point out this entire segment is for me to ask Scott questions so I can then just pontificate about something. (laughs) And then, but it it sort of continues in the whole direction of every character, every wrestler has to have their own logo. 
They right. have to have their own hand signal. Yeah. They have to go into the corner and stomp the the ground. You got to have a thing. Yeah, to tune up the band pretty right. much, no yeah. matter what your move is. Right. Which is ridiculous because it's something more exciting about it just happening. I just thought that was interesting is the taking that notion of making the belt yours opposed to having the belt make you. Well, it's a it's a new thing, right? I don't think there's ever been a title where you get your own kind of little like logos and symbols on it before. The the world title of course, even dating back to when it was the NWA title, you had that nameplate on it. So whoever was the champion, you had that gold nameplate on it. And that's like the equivalent that you would get on the uh, the Stanley Cup at the Blood Bank or the like little thing on the wall in a fraternity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And okay. a fraternity. A fraternity. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, but but these little logos are very WWE corporate. We want to sell shit. That's true, I, but then I think, do you then think they, they can now sell multiple belts because they have different plates? Yes. It's not like I think that's the whole point. They're not going to sell one belt <laughs> with interchangeable plates. They're going to sell a different belt for every guy. Right? I think that's the whole point. It's to sell shit. I was just at Toys R Us like this past weekend my, with my, my girlfriend and I. We went to Costco for the first time ever in our lives, Steve. Uh, tell me about going to Costco with your girlfriend first and then go into this toy set story. Oh, okay, quickly. So we um, – you know what? Tell the Toy Story first, and then we'll go and hear the Costco story. <laughs> well, we went to Toys R Us because we were so disgusted with Costco, and there's a Toys oh, R Us Oh, God, store. now we're going to – what happened to Costco? <laughs> and we are like, we got to get out of here. But uh, we went over to Toys R Us, and, I, of course, we lo- I wanted to look at all the wrestling stuff. And I saw those wrestling belts. They had the the retro Intercontinental title belt, the one that you know Curtis Axel wears. The, now, white, the white one. The white one. And the new WWE title. And I have to admit, I was like – these are cool as shit, and if I was a kid, I would, would be to kill somebody for one of these. The I would want time, these things. The only time I get to see those is at pay-per-views, is the, the people who bring those belts. I want them now. I was close <laughs> to – I mean, I'm not t- – I wouldn't buy the big replica ones. You know, I know people spend a lot of money on those, and they're super cool. I, I couldn't do that, but – you know, they were like 18 bucks or whatever. The, the retro Intercontinental yeah. title and the new WWE one. It's like, of course, these are so cool. But yeah, they're obviously going to sell the. Um, and I can't believe they never had it when I was a kid. Yeah. That they wouldn't have thought to have done that before, sell those belts like that. But yeah, I think that obviously they're going to sell everyone's version of the WWE title. That's a great, dastardly idea. Of course. They could, every, every new champion, they can put out a new belt, right? Inspiration is striking me. Uh, at Night of Champions, is Curtis Axel and the Paul Heyman handicap match against CM Punk, is that a title defense? It's not. It's not. They're violating their own rules of their pay-per-view. Yeah, it's Night of Champions. Yeah, it's not. I think mainly because they. I, I my guess is that they think the Intercontinental title is below CM Punk to go after, A. And B, he's probably going to win the match and they don't want him to be the Intercontinental Champion. I think they. I think he should win the match, and he should have the Intercontinental Championship because, if anything, you bring prestige to it. I yeah, think. right. I know. And I think Curtis Axel, while he has it, and that's great, he doesn't have 500 days to spare. I'm no. I'm sure he's got 500 days to spare to be the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. I don't have 500 days to spare to give a shit about the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, right. I think it's the same thing they're doing with Ambrose. Is they're you know they're. I think he's going to keep it for a while. They're going to do. The, yeah, they're I think doing so the too. count on him. Yeah. But if you want to elevate it quickly, it's like when Triple H was he had the Intercontinental Championship and, and he was with uh, the Two Man Power Trip. Yeah, yeah. Which I mention every every episode. It's really worth mentioning every episode. Yeah. It's a good thing you do. One guy's bald, the other guy has long hair. 
<laughs> Shield, Shield, I think will keep all those titles for a while. Well, there's something very iconic about them standing in the way of the ring, holding the tag team belts and the U.S. Championship. Yeah, I think that's something very cool about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, uh, on Raw, I thought I was there's something about it. Like maybe if Del Rio, because he's a rich character or something, but they would need someone who's a face to do it. But if he, if that whoever that person was hired the Shield, and you have that iconic moment of them turning around to face Triple H in the ring like mm-hmm. their allegiance is shifted. Yeah. I think that what's cool about the Shield is you can do that sort of one night only. Hey, they're good guys and everybody's going to go ballistic for them because yeah. everybody goes ballistic for them anyway. You know what that reminded me of too? You know what they got to do? They got to do um when Triple H was in charge before he was like essentially a, a, like it was like two years ago or whatever. He was essentially like a baby face, but they portrayed him at like he's just shitty at, at his job. Really? Remember this storyline? He I was so crappy at it that the whole roster walked out. And Jim Ross stood up at ringside and took his headset off and walked out. Was that because the referees were getting injured or some shit? Yeah, something, right? Like where they had like a strike and all the and all the the entire roster came out and were like, We won't work for Triple H anymore. They walked out. The announcers all took their headsets off and walked out. Everyone walked out on Triple H. Now he's like a complete dictator, tyrant, asshole. And everybody's everybody's <laughs> howling. Yes. They all just stand there. The whole roster comes out and just stands there and watches him torture Daniel Bryan and Big Show every week and nobody does shit. I, they're in a, such a weird position because not only do people still love Randy Orton, but he's a heel. Like yeah. he's got so like people well, go crazy. Because he's for better him. as a heel. I think yeah. people like seeing him as a heel. But also Triple H like goes around getting in Paul Heyman's face and telling Paul, like, I'm also I'm a good guy now because i'm talking to you paul Heyman. yeah and then he's a dick the rest of the time he's literally he is the baddest guy and he's in charge and he's also somehow like people still go crazy when he comes out because they're like oh yeah he could wrestle at some point you know yeah and then also the fact that he's also somehow being the voice of of good when he's dealing with paul Heyman. i think yeah, that's yeah. sort of what's interesting to me is like you've got two guys that are still popular but doing dickish things. Well, I think they're kind of both their characters are refreshed since the heel turn. So now when they're coming out, there's some like pop, there's some excitement about, oh, cool. Like I'm interested in these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like Randy Orton was just flat for a long time. And Triple H was flat for a while. It just didn't work at all. Him he being would, the, the corporate CEO baby face who kind of comes back and wrestles every now and then. When he came back, it was cool, but it's sort of that the buildup is so shitty because it's so uh, – he's coming from such a flat space. of what, When you're coming from a position of power to then challenge someone, it's very strange to me. Yeah, right. You, it's always – it has to be the other way around. The right. underdog has to challenge. The outsider has to challenge. Right. Brock Lesnar has to challenge Triple H because if Triple H is on the throne – like in terms of thematically, like mythology, yeah. the king never is like, hey, uh, hey, you, come over here. I'm right. gonna kick your ass. Right, <laughs> right. And if you do that, then it's like, well, establish that that's a heel move. You well, know. Well, look, and the other thing was, the other thing was, I think the biggest storyline that WWE missed in the last whatever ten years, they never told us the story. Of Triple H and the character of Triple H. I'm not talking about in real life. I'm talking about the character of Triple H and the character of Stephanie McMahon never met, fell in love, and got married on the show. So they always. They never told us that story. How did they. What's the story? What does Vince McMahon feel about it? 
Why, how did they meet? Why did they get together? When did they get married? They never told us that story. They just suddenly came on one day and were like, they're married. It's and a Triple H works in, the, in corporate. It's a double standard. I think that's exactly what it is. I think there's uh, anybody can get married on the show if it's good for ratings. But if it's somebody, if it's something personal, it'd be like, oh, I don't want to do it on TV or stuff like that. They don't want to rehash it on TV. And they missed the, they well, missed didn't Triple H and Stephanie McMahon get married when she was passed out in the back of his convertible? Yes, but they've not used that as the, the storyline marriage for them. Cause that was like annulled and didn't really happen uh-huh. or whatever, but they missed the great story. How does Vince McMahon, the owner of this company feel about his one baby girl, his daughter, getting married to a wrestler uh-huh. that works for him. That's a hell of a story that they never told. They never had Vince McMahon versus Triple H, did they? Well, they've done it, but not not in in this way, yeah. where they where they really told the story of these characters met and got married. I think that's a big part of the reason why Triple H babyface COO thing that's married to Stephanie never really has no clicked roots. very well because yeah. there's no yeah, it's like what you never told us this story. Yeah. You never set this up. So all we know is what you're telling us, which isn't a lot, and then we have to do the rest of uh, research. Yeah, to go online. Right, right, right. Nobody wants to do research. Just spoon feed us the story. And what happened? And they want us to assume that what happened in real life is what happened in their storyline, which mm-hmm. doesn't make much sense either. It's like if two characters on. NCIS were dating in real life and then and got suddenly, married yeah. and then suddenly out of nowhere you just turn in one day and they're like so these two characters have been married for years like you'd be like what no one would accept that on any other television show but on this because of that sort of fictional counterpart reality counterpart they sort of blend together and intertwine and you have no choice but to accept it yeah anyways has, has Ask Scott ended or are we still in there I was about something? to ask Scott about your trip to Costco Went there for the first time ever. Well, what were you so disgusted by? Because we were like, ah, oh, people always say, you know, go and you could get a bunch of bulk paper towels and toilet paper and soap and things and alcohol. And we said, let's go check it out. We're finally going to go to Costco and check it out. The amount of people in this Costco. And Which Costco did you go to? On Los Feliz. Uh, the one right by Bigfoot? The Bigfoot? Yeah, line? yeah, yeah. Past the golf course? Yeah, yep. Right across the street from the Sizzler. Yeah. And, but... Right before that big dip in the in the road, right? That's right. Okay. And On it, the way to Glendale. Correct. Okay. But and, not all the way to the brewery. That's right. Have you been to that brewery? No. It's very good. Okay. There's only one road out. It's construction. Is that a metaphor or is that? No, literally. There's only <laughs> one road in because they have construction. It's right by the train tracks and the Los Angeles River. Tell me about this Costco. Uh, that's not the one. It's a different one. Oh, that's no. It's, it's, it's I have fun. no context. <laughs> it's this one. So you uh, were just disgusted by humanity. Uh, it was it was Labor Day weekend, so I don't know what it's like there. Typically, it was on a Sunday Labor Day weekend. The amount of people in there was horrifying. There were just too many people, swarms and swarms and swarms of sweaty people. Did you get samples? It was like ninety. It was like ninety five outside. There were barely any samples. Too many people. Uh, $55 a year membership? I don't know, man. So you were going to sign up that day? Maybe. We didn't. We walked out. We went to Toys R Us. We looked at wrestling belts. We may never return to Costco. That's... And we we may be missing out. Not a bad weekend. Not a bad weekend. Maybe a mistake, but that was the highlight of our uh, Labor Day weekend was going... Did you bring any of those paper towels I asked you to bring? Uh, no. Sorry, man. I I don't have any. We're completely out. Uh, (laughs) geez. Uh, what time is it? It's uh, 
Can, should I say what time? What no, actually? don't. That'll ruin the uh, that'll ruin the illusion of what yeah. the show is. I did not set a timer. Ordinarily, you're supposed to set a timer. Um, so now what? I don't know. I feel like we covered so many bases. Ordinarily, I'd go to jerk tweets, but I checked the jerk tweets, and everybody was just writing statements. They weren't questions. So I'll take this opportunity to say, uh, hey, send those jerk tweets anytime you want to at Curtain Jerks on the Twitter <laughs> on the quitter interface. You're falling apart, Steve. Yeah, I'm getting a little ramshackle. It happens. <laughs> I got excited at the beginning, and now I'm at the end. Hey, send us your jerk tweets on Twitter, slash at Curtain Jerks. And you know what? I like the statements as much as the questions. I think if you just want to say jerk tweets and just have a statement to say, that's great, too. Also, the hashtag, fuck you, Steve Sears, seems to be taking off. Oh, yeah, that's feel, true. feel pretty that's good true, about that. True. Hey, can we make some predictions before we uh, wrap up? Oh, for jerk tweets? Like for Night of Champions. Gonna... For Night of Champions. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to do our Night of Champions predictions. This is a... Uh, we'll probably Scott and I will be shooting a video about this, but we'll be using you will? we'll use some of your predictions to uh, to factor in. Dan, I think Daniel Bryan does not win the title yet from Randy Orton. Nope, too early. I think you're correct. Do you know all the matches for Night of Champions? I don't know them all. All right, uh, too early. I think that um, RVD does not beat Alberto Del Rio. I think it's very likely that um, that uh, Ricardo uh, turns on RVD. Oh, I got you. So we, um, uh, true love uh, shines through. Sure. <laughs> yes. I got you. I think that. Um, Here we go. We've got champion Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan. You covered that. Yep. Alberto Del Rio versus Rob, Rob Van Dam. Um, I actually think that Rob Van Dam could take the heavyweight championship. Really? Alberto Del Rio. Okay. Okay. He's got, what, a couple more months there? I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I think they could. I mean. I don't know how many how many other times I can just sort of falter and not really quite say anything at all. Yeah, you know, I think I but perhaps maybe <laughs> the, no. I think it'd be exciting if he had the title, and it would be great. His de- defenses would be awesome. You get some good pay per views out of him. That's true. Ah, uh, here's what you're talking about: mm. Divas champion AJ Lee oh, no. versus Natalia versus Brie Bella versus Naomi oh, in a no. fatal four way match. I have not a clue. I'll guess that the Bellas win. Uh, Brie Bella wins. Yeah. Oh, just uh, like you know what's kind of a shame is when you have to determine what your predictions are based on what the current market trends are. <laughs> it's like, well, it would be good for business if Brie Bella won because she's promoting uh, E Total Divas. Yeah, probably, probably whatever happens in that match is going to be connected to the, what's going on in Total, Total Divas that week. Uh, speaking of which, beware. Yeah. The mid-season finale is coming <laughs> I up. I know. I've never seen that term before. I've never seen it publicized. No. I mean, I would be <laughs> utterly ashamed to publicize the mid-season finale. It's like celebrating a quarter birthday, you losers. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, what sorry. Else, what else I, we got? That's what all else? I got. I'm just furious about that. I think uh, Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan uh, – yeah, I think it's going to be a great match. I think it's going to be awesome to see. I don't think that it is going to change over yet. No. I think that they've got a lot to push through. I actually— Too soon. Yeah, and you—we had talked about this, I think. I want Triple H to be sort of—he I th- he should be on the path to the to the championship. Down the path, too. I, but I wonder if he's going to be the, the, the end. Uh, if it's Triple H, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Just because he's narrating for the whole year and then, like, it's— it's I think it's going to build to Triple H. Oh man, I why can't they just why you know what they should do? He's bigger than the title brother. Pick a pay-per-view <laughs> and then decide that you want to have it have have it have great buys. Put Triple H on it. And have Daniel Bryan fight him. 
And it's just one step on the way to in term. I don't think so. For what they're trying to do in terms of like telling a story and mythology, they're always like switching one piece around at the end. That's like, ah, you're really, ah, you're really sticking it to him. I think they see Triple H as bigger than Randy Orton and bigger than the title, and he's going to be the end of the road. Ain't nothing bigger than the title. <laughs> no, it's not just a belt; it's a championship. Um, there's the Punk match: CM Punk versus. Oh, CM Punk versus Intercontinental Champion Curtis Axel and Paul Heyman. Handicap elimination match. That's in parentheses. And then under that, they should have another line of parentheses that says, not a title match. Yeah, right. I think I think, hey, I think Punk wins, and he beats the shit out of Heyman with the kendo stick. He needs some payback. He lost to Lesnar. They, they beat him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll win. I think it's interesting. I think the fact that the—, the I feel like the belt would be such a like added sort of weight to this match. I'm surprised they're not doing it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and like like I said, if you put it on Punk, you immediately are like, yeah. Any be- if he sort of looks at it, any belt has its worth, and that you're sort of doing that sort of sharing that sort of like um, that sort of momentum. Yeah, and like if he loses everything, but then he has the Intercontinental Championship, he's sort of working his way up. Did he ever have the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. title? Oh, I think he did. Did he? I think he had both. No. At at some point. Yeah, I guess so. It just I always seemed like he was doing stuff. And, you know, I guess I just black out sometimes. That's true. That's why. It's I, all this Coors Light. That's why I thought Triple <laughs> H never faced Vince McMahon. Are there any other uh, matches worthy of uh, discussing on this show? Uh, Stone Cold advises Brian. I'm just looking at WWE.com. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've hit on all, all the big matches. Yeah, we hit on all the big the matches. The three big matches plus the Divas match. Yeah, three big matches plus the Diva match, <laughs> which is exciting. I think it's been getting its uh, it's been getting momentum also. But that's also just because of E-Total Divas, which I have not watched. Have you watched any more of it? A little bit of it, yeah. I can't get into it. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to the Curtain Jerks radio podcast on the Comedy Podcast Network. <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at curtainjerks at gmail.com or on Twitter at curtainjerks. Um, God, there's something else I usually, Scott usually says at the end of the show. <laughs> Hold it together. I'm Cheers. trying. I'm trying. Uh, it's so hot in here. Uh, ordinarily, I think. Yeah. Hey, I think we did it. It's hey, another, we did it. Hey, it's another episode. So until next week when Scott will be back and you'll be listening to the dulcet tones of his baritone voice. And his uh, incredible stories of Toronto. Uh, And also we will have Jerk Tweets will be back next week. Mark Wozeka will not. Thanks for letting me sit in. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm. So for this week on Curtain Jerks, I'm Steve Sears. I'm Mark Wozeka. Enjoy your wrestling, kids. Scott, what a great show today. One of the best. Always the best. Great bests. If you want to get interactive with Curtain Jerks, which I know you do, Steve. I, absolutely. That would be another great best thing to do. Go to Facebook.com slash Curtain Jerks. Hey, that's a great place to see photos of you with wrestlers and interact with stupid. us. I look stupid. Hey, you look pretty classy. But yeah, get interactive with us. You can talk with us on there. We post matches, photos, videos, all kinds of stuff. Is there another way we can interact with our fans? We can. We can interact with all these jerks at Twitter. Twitter.com slash Curtain Jerks. What a great Twitter handle. We tweet all the time. We, we tweet at breakfast. Tweets. We do live tweets of shows, live tweets of live events. I should wake up for breakfast. Yeah, you should. You could tweet it. And of course, listening to Curtain Jerks is massively important listen to curtain jerks on comedypodcastnetwork.com stitcher radio and itunes all free rate and review us on itunes makes a big difference that's huge yes huge makes us a global phenomenon
have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.